Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Joining you here tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Mark. The FBI's back in the news, guys. They got caught, according to the New York Post. This is the headline here. FBI just got caught in yet more massive, outrageous FISA abuses. Somehow, while I believe that... What is FISA? Uh, it's a special court. We'll talk about that here in a second. It's FISA. Uh, you calling it FISA? FISA, whatever. Visa, Visa, FISA, FISA. The Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act is what it stands for. And uh, and while the headline may indeed be correct that it is massive and outrageous, I suspect that most people just simply won't be outraged enough to care uh, about it because you know they keep getting away with it there's not any kind of uh way to stop these people it appears one thing in your case that amazed me it just amazed me i was completely god it didn't matter what the fbi did it didn't matter that you were not accused of stealing from anyone it didn't matter that you had harmed no one it didn't matter that the pretense upon which the raid on your house was predicated was based on a plastic sword. <laughs> um, it mattered none of it. It was just fine and dandy to the jury. Twelve people who live in the free state of New Hampshire uh, that, yeah, well, it's okay for them to go in and point guns at people and make them walk around in glass-filled shoes and uh, yeah, well, use a couple mm, of no tanks. No one mentioned that during the trial. I should have been allowed to talk at the trial, but for some reason it was like, no. She can't talk at the trial. It didn't make any sense. If I was allowed to talk at the trial, I could have told them I was wearing shoes filled with glass. That's just one small of the many uh, issues I have with the trial. It's annoying because the trial system isn't set up to figure out what is the truth of this matter. It's set up for two people to make up stories that two sides to make up stories without the whole truth included in either one. And like for, and then have twelve ignoramuses figure yep. it out, right? Yep. Like the whole just decide idea which one they like more is flawed. Yep, it is. I mean, it's it makes as much sense as electing a class president at your high school. It is that dumb. And I mean, yeah, is literally. you know the jury decided they didn't like Ian, and I understand. Believe me, I've worked with him for over twenty years. I understand why you wouldn't like Ian, but as to whether or not he committed a crime. He, he, I mean, like I sat there and I, I, I truly believed from what I saw that a reasonable person when sitting on that jury would come to the conclusion that either a no crime had been committed or b only one of these crimes had been committed at the very worst, you know, like I could have moved a few things around the board, but you know, I just couldn't see all eight charges, charges like, um, you know, evading taxes. How can you evade taxes? When they haven't proved that you owe them. Mm-hmm. How can you be guilty of selling Bitcoin to an undercover agent when you actually are on, you know, like it, it's shown that you wrote down that you refused to sell Bitcoin to an undercover agent? Like that is the kind of breathtaking uh, leaps in logic that this jury chose to take. And I, I mean, I know you can't comment on Adian, and I know you're supposed to, you know, be contrite about it and all those things. And it's pretty obvious that a jury of your peers did not find you innocent, but man, 
as somebody who was there, I'm just amazed by it all. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not restricted from commenting about it. I've I've said publicly I'm pretty disappointed with uh, with the jury on this. So I think you know, it's a, uh, just exactly what, what Mark said. It's no different than electing a president in your high school because it's just. Which side do I like more? Oh, I, I like this lady, Georgiana McDonald. I, I love her uh, expensive bag and heel she's wearing. I yeah, kind of like her. I believe came her down story. To because, like, you know, from our perspective. Female and woman of course, power and versus of course, Ian, who's like a man. Everybody hates men right now. We are um, libertarians. We're voluntarists. We're, you know, liberty, liberty-loving people. So we tend to be more critical of people like the police but it seemed so clear when these cops got up, uh, these FBI agents and the I- undercover IRS guy got up on the stand. They seemed to be so slimy under cross-examination. I mean, it and just they, were, seemed- they were lying. I mean, I know for a fact, at least one of those people, um, the FBI head lady at the mm-hmm. time of the raid, Tebow, yeah. lied about me. I'm not here to, f- to try to fix the Free State Project, but I would have a comment on the jury system. And what my comment on the jury system is, is that if you expect a panel of 12 ignoramuses, and I know you don't like that term when I use it, Ian, but I use it as factually as possible. Generally, the general public is ignorant on the law, and I am within that set. The set of people that are ignorant of the law is wide and vast, and the set of the people who know the law is zero. There is a subset of people who will claim to know the law for money mm-hmm. and, or, or benefit in some manner, and that is a very small set. But they don't ask any of those people. If you would have had a trial by, I mean, in, in any civilized country, you would have gotten a trial by three judges. If you would have had a trial by three judges, I suspect you would have gotten a more true ruling on what is the law. Yeah, hard to really say. I mean, I tend to agree. I think it would have been probably the right choice to make would have been to go uh, with a bench trial in this case. But, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Took the risk. Uh, so we are going to appeal, of course, the uh, the Crypto 6 case. If you're curious to learn more about it, you can go to thecrypto6.com. Uh, our co-host, Aria, she is out tonight. I it's less she... about how many people show up to the trial and more about how disappointing it is that there are so few people on this planet that know the difference between right and wrong morally. So few people who have any type of mm-hmm. cojones and want to be able to say, I don't, I'm not a slave and I won't live as a slave and these people are doing something that's wrong. You're referring to the jury at this point? No, the jury and everyone on this planet. Yeah, it, it is definitely sad, uh, the state of humanity. I mean, we are essentially all living on a big slave plantation. And when you're surrounded by a bunch of other slaves, then you know the slaves rule, unfortunately. And that's that's one of the reasons why we're trying to, I think, get as many people who have broken out of that mindset to migrate here to New Hampshire and uh, and join together for whatever value that can confer. And I think there is value in it, even though Mark is pretty skeptical about it these days. I think there's and, value in it, too. I mean, I wouldn't have had someone help me scare a dangerous criminal off my porch the other day if I didn't live in a house with a bunch of people who moved from different states to come together for the New Hampshire freedom mm-hmm. uh, movement. Yeah. It is well, a great community. Well, there really is let, uh, there are a lot of good people here. Let me defend my position on New Hampshire, because um, as is common on this show, 
you, and, and that, that's how we make a living, right? You and I argue for a living and, and have done so for 20 years. But as is common on this show, you characterize my position is not exactly the way I would characterize it. I had to make a decision recently as to what state I was going to claim as my residence. I don't live in the United States very much, but I don't live in Honduras enough to claim it as my residence for tax purposes, what they call a tax home. So I had to pick a state. And I picked the state, and that state was New Hampshire. And the reason I picked New Hampshire was because, you know, my friends are there, and it. I, I really like the description by uh, what's what's the gentleman's name, Jeremy Kaufman, um, that it's the libertarian homeland. Well, I do not believe that the free state is free, and well, I would say that a place like Prospera or Morazan City are both currently freer than New Hampshire will be within my lifetime, that it is still the choice I would like to make as far as, um, you know, where's, where's my tax home? Because I'm already pretty free. I can you know, pay off the government the ways that I need to pay the government off in order to do the things that I want to do. And that's the, the trade that you make currently for freedom. You're going to have to give one of these organizations that claims dominion some money in order to do the things you want to do in order to get them to leave yeah, it's you a strange definition of freedom i mean you're essentially saying that being forced to pay a tribute to a criminal enterprise is freedom and i think uh most libertarians probably would disagree with that particular sentiment i i understand it does afford you the ability to be left alone and that's what happens when you pay off the gang and that's what freedom is right freedom is the uh, being left alone Paying to be left alone is paying for freedom. Let's talk to Saheed. He's in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Saheed. Hey, guys. I was just hearing your conversation earlier about taxes, and uh, I just had a quick comment or wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on um, – because the way that I look at it is that uh, <clears throat> sales tax is something that the, the person you're buying from is going to pay, regardless like they're holding it, and they're going to go ahead and pay the government for it uh, to go ahead and have the – uh, I guess the privilege to go ahead and sell you something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not something that's directly that you're directly paying. Whereas with the property tax, it's pretty it pretty much is. It's like uh, it's like you're paying the government pretty much directly, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you pay property State taxes, government. you cut a check to the government. Sure, I, I see what you're saying though. Yeah. You're saying somebody buying a product at a cash register isn't actually cutting the check to the state, but I mean, it still feels that's like fine. you're getting taxed when you're at the well, register. That's fine, but I mean, let's not let let's let's presume that this uh, this high horse about which we're talking here, because the the premise, well, the, the 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 situation, the context was someone scolding someone else about their principles as a libertarian um, for for paying taxes and comparing and contrasting property tax and sales tax within that. And I will say that yes. Somebody else is paying your tax based on the the uh, transaction that you generated, and um, you know they're paying your tax for you. That's fine, but if you're, I, I can't, I, I wouldn't. It would say that this horse's legs are very, very short, not a high horse at all, um, and and that uh, you know if you're paying rent, you're not paying property tax, but you can believe that the property upon which you're renting is paying uh, property taxes being paid on it. And if it wasn't, you wouldn't be very happy 
if it gets sold at auction out from underneath you. And the thing is, the fact is you you will get thrown in a cage or have your property stolen if you don't pay a property tax. It's just like the state of consciousness of the entire planet right now is not yet at a place where people see, oh, it's wrong to steal from people. We're just not there yet. We don't well, have no, a- they think it's wrong to steal from people. They just don't think taxes are stealing. They're not there yet. I don't think they are. They don't think it's wrong to steal from people if they are okay with property taxes. They if don't they, see it as they stealing. They haven't read what it is. They just are doing a thing without they ha- being completely it. uninformed. They don't want to see it. They don't want to well, see what it's it not, is. Ian. It's not stealing. It's extortion. You up into it. It's I think about uh, paying rent and, uh, you know, uh, secondhand, you're also paying tax. I think that's similar to the sales tax example, whereas the property tax is direct. And so I kind of see that as uh, more like uh, your argument, Mark, where you're going ahead and paying for the, you know, you're paying the government to go ahead and say, get your freedom to live on land, you know, which I think we can all agree that we can live somewhere, own something without, uh, you know, needing to pay tax. But, sure, uh, but that's not even true. You can pay them a three thousand or eight thousand or whatever thousand dollars per year for property tax, and then they're still going to come back and say, "Oh, well, you can't have a garden in your front lawn, or you can't have this, or you can't do that. You oh, can't yeah, paint exactly. your fence. Yeah. You can't, can't do this. Can't build your watchtower. You got to ask us permission for everything you want to do. And that while there are a few exceptions to this, like there's a few towns in New Hampshire that have no zoning. Uh, for instance, so there are places you can go where you know they'll molest you less. Just paying the gang doesn't necessarily mean they're going to stop molesting you. Yeah, it doesn't make you moral, a moral or a better I, anarchist because you've decided to rent instead of uh, you know cut a property tax check. I think that it's like the trolley, um, uh, the the trolley problem or whatever that's called, um, the trolley scenario where you're like, well, you're here and you're gonna pull the lever. If you don't pull the lever, five people die. You know, five kids die on a track if you do pull. But you if you do pull, pull the lever. The lever you don't pull it because you didn't start this thing well, in action. I, hold, hold on. Well, then, then what? Then, then Sahid's right that you didn't pay that a renter doesn't pay tax, and that the government does. Are you driving the train? No. Is you it your the, fault that the, the train's in action? The government does. You mean the landlord does? The landlord pays the tax. Um, the renter, the renter isn't paying tax if um, if the renter's just there giving money to the guy at the trolley thing who's pulling the lever. Then the renter's not responsible. For it, You're like I'm that's just what having I'm trouble. Is, I, I guess I missed a part. I'm I'm not seeing the exact metaphor here. Okay, so um, in the trolley scenario, there's a person who's standing at a trolley lever. Yep. And they, if they pull the trolley lever, um, you know, uh, five people are saved, but one person loses an hour of their life or something silly like that, right? Yeah, I know that. And what I'm saying is, is that effectively the renter isn't pulling the lever the landlord is sahid's right i i don't think so at all the thing is the person who did something wrong in this situation isn't the lever puller no matter who dies the person who did something wrong is the person who put this system in place of taxes aka the person who tied these people to the tra- train track you didn't right. do anything so the, wrong. The person who tied the people to the train tracks is truly the culpable person the only culpable person but what culpability does the person at the lever have? Um, I think that you should be like, I'm not God. And if somebody's going to die either way, I'm not going to choose who dies. And I didn't do this situation. If you could stop it, you should. But if you can't stop it, it's not your fault. You didn't do it. 
I'm not saying there's fault. I'm saying that if you pay rent, if if you pay rent, you know that property taxes are going to be paid and you're therefore responsible. And what's the and other alternative? Move into a boat on Lake Spofford <laughs> and don't pay property tax. Well, no one's going to do that because it sounds terrible. Oh, well, but I don't want to. I want to rent. I want to own. Yeah, I want to live I on dry land. Why don't why don't you move to Saipan where there is no property tax? Because I want Walmart. That's right. <laughs> you um, in order in order that Bonnie has Walmart, and I'm not saying this is wrong. It's not wrong, and we're talking about right and wrong. We're not talking. Well, about... I'm not talking. I'm the one saying that it isn't. The taxes aren't theft. So go ahead and lambast me for that. But if have... you if you want to and if I you want to claim the taxes are theft, taxes then... are extortion. They're not theft. I, I know well, there's like a slight difference theft. between, but it's extortion. a wrong thing. It's a taking Ta- from someone wrongly, whatever you want to call it. If you're if you're talking in legal land terms, I guess it's, it's extortion. a criminal gang that will put Bonnie a gun agreed to, to your the head. taxes in New Hampshire when she moved to New Hampshire. No, I didn't. Yeah, well, yeah, you did. That's just a political fantasy, Mark. It's like believing that there's a social contract just because somebody Look, crosses. If I walk into Denny's, that. if I walk into Denny's and I order food. And then I refused to pay because nobody made me sign a contract. Um, in order at the we end, did then I'm an a hole. We de- debunk this because okay. you walk debunk in there and you get a menu, and the menu says the price of the thing you order. <laughs> right, and if you sometimes and you know full well that your property when you buy it in New Hampshire has property tax. But it's not like I'm taking from somebody else. It's not like there's somebody that actually uh, mows my lawn and all this stuff that I need to pay for that I'm taking from them. In the situation of Denny's, that's somebody who owns this uh, vegetable that I'm about to eat and puts time and effort into cooking it, brings it out to me. I'm actually stealing from that person. So, Well, actually, the town of... Keene, New Hampshire owns your property. You have a special form of lease that we call ownership in the United States. Fake well, be, be entities can't own a property. Really? So the, the city of Keene is a <laughs> I illegal... I fake entities that own all kinds of property. There are very few people that pay tax, taxes voluntarily um, with a smile on their face, but I would say everybody play, pays their taxes voluntarily. If you choose to live in a place... You have chosen that tax regime. I didn't say that it's not voluntary. It obviously is. Every choice a person makes is their choice, and they made that. Or it's not that How it's voluntary. How can something be voluntary if you have a gun to your head? It's not that it's voluntary. It's that they made the choice. I'm just saying that the choice isn't immoral. If they've chosen to not take a bullet by giving a criminal money, yes, they've made a choice. But it was not a choice that they wanted to likely make. It's not a choice that they... Yes, I, I misspoke. It wasn't voluntary, but it is a well, choice they made. Vol- he yeah. said it was voluntary. And I didn't mean it. It is voluntary. No, it's and not I will, voluntary. And I'll defend it. Let me, please allow me to. Which tax are we referring to so I can make this uh, this, this explanation? Property tax on this studio house. Pop property tax on this studio house. Um, are you obligated to pay property tax on that studio house in 2025 yes because they'll steal your only if you own it you can sell it today and then the person who owns it will have to pay it in 2025 and there will be no uh you know involuntary action but i also want to live here 
Well, then you're going to need to find some place that doesn't have property tax in order to do that. No, and no, I have because it's, it's not like there's not like, be... I want Walmart and straight hair. It's not like there's going to be zero things that are immoral going on if I live in anywhere on this planet. I, I And I'm not claiming that there are. So you, I'm addressing an issue about I, pay, paying property tax here. on the studio. So you are and, saying that I'm immoral living here because I'm letting property taxes nope. get paid. I'm saying you voluntarily pay the tax. No, I'm Let not. Me ask you because this. there's hold lots on, of different on, factors. Hold on, Bonnie. Hold on, Bonnie. It's not now, apples and oranges. There's a building called Duna at a place called Prosper. Isn't that a German food? Just wondering. I don't know. Well, I was wondering um, if they named it, it after what German food. What it means food, here, so in this case, is Dune, as in a pile of sand. Oh, okay. Um, there's a place called Duna that will be open by the end of the year. Uh, they say September. I, I say the end of the year. Um, in Prospera, Honduras, that will be under private governance, and it will have something that they're calling tax. Now, I don't call it tax. Because it's involuntary, or excuse me, because it's voluntary. But we, if you choose to set up the studio in that place, would it be immoral? This all goes back to who owns it. The city of Keene doesn't exist and doesn't own this land. And the person who owns Duna does own Duna, and paying no them person would just owns be right. Well, I thought you said that they did. There's a group of people calling themselves Prospera that own Duna. And they have an explicit agreement that you likely have to sign when you want to buy property there, right? Or when you want to rent there. Is that yes, right? Yes, exactly right. right. And they so, voluntarily came together and they don't force anyone that's the to difference, be a part by of the way. It. Before you go on, that's the difference here, okay? So when you're joining a neighborhood association, when you're joining this Duna on Prospera or whatever, you're joining Mark's uh, future thing that he's going to do, villas, then you are given the rules... You, they're written down. You can read through them probably in a weekend or a night. It's probably something that's relatively short. As I understand it, Prospera is, is relatively short. You're, you're shaking your head. You're saying it's not short. No, Prospera is found, founded by a bunch of attorneys, uh -huh. and they have written a great deal. It includes English common law, this uh, pared-downing English common law written by Tom W. Bell. Um, how long are Ulick. we talking about? How many, how many pages are we talking about here? In order to opt into everything that's there, you would have to read hundreds of pages of uh, documents. Okay, so a weekend. So you could do it in a weekend. I, I mean, it, and you'd have to understand what you're reading. Okay. And um, any well, here's what my point is: is that none of us click on the terms of service. None of us read those terms of. Very rarely does anyone read the terms of service. And you're not offering and, them. In yeah, but that's New different. Hampshire. Hold on. That's a totally different story. If you're talking about a piece of software that is relatively unimportant uh, or a cell phone contract or whatever, where there's the, the amount of money at uh, at risk is relatively low. It's no big deal to not read the terms of service. But you better believe that when uh, we've entered into an agreement with a satellite provider or something like that, I've read every single one of those uh, terms of service because it's a very important, very large purchase. Similarly, if you're going to be moving into a neighborhood association where there's going to be potential neighborhood Nazis who are going to try to rule over your life, you better know what the rules are of that system before you go into it. So if you don't read those rules, then, you know, buyer beware you're going to get what you get. Alu Axelman is on the line calling us from New Hampshire. He's the publisher over at libertyblock.com. Alu, welcome. Hi. I have some comments on the show last night with Nikki, Captain Kickass, and Steve Classic, I believe. 
All right, what happened? Because um, I wasn't here for it, and some of our listeners probably weren't, too. Well, there was libertarian drama and arguments, and I need them to know that I am right, and I am the only real libertarian. And they're all <laughs> um, um, but, so pretty much, Nikki, Nikki obviously knows a bit about healthcare. She seemed to insinuate that um, things are not diseases if it's a thing that you did to yourself, like a, um, addicts, people who are addicted to drugs. Um, and she has the common belief that old Alu used to have as well a few years ago hmm. that you should not call addictions diseases because you really did it to yourself as a choice. And then I thought about it a few years ago, and I realized almost every disease, like 90% of diseases in my experience, are totally self-imposed. Yep, definitely by like diet. Oh, you got your radio on in the background, I think. I don't know, just some other noise. Oh. What were you going to say, though, Bonnie, about diet or Yeah, like the way you eat definitely can cause a heart attack. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that a heart attack is not a disease? That's a good point, Alu. I hadn't really thought of it like that. Well, I mean, what is a disease besides just not, you know, dis-ease, not being at ease, right? I mean, that's, what does that even mean? Being unhealthy? I'm not sure. I'm not quite the linguist that Peakless Mountaineer is, so I don't know the Mm -hmm. Latin or or Greek origins or whatever. But but pretty much in healthcare, medicine, a disease would probably be... Um, uh, translated as, as meaning an illness throughout the body that's generally pretty permanent, that's out of a state of homeostasis and, you know, could make you uncomfortable or whatever or lead to your death. Um, and again, if heart disease fits that description, which it does, it's an ongoing killer as well, heart disease, um, then I would think that addictions from cocaine to heroin to smoking to alcohol would also fit that definition. So I, I totally on this issue. I used to believe it's not a disease and it's totally self-imposed, which it is. But in my experience, treating uh, five, 10,000 patients over the last 12 years, almost everyone who I've had in my truck, in my ambulance, has been because of self-imposed decisions mm-hmm. from bad um, eating, exercise, diet, all that stuff, lifestyle, from diabetes to heart disease and COPD. So that's definitely... And there's the automobile accidents, which I think are a little less um, your fault necessarily. But every time you get in a car you know that there's a chance that you could be in an automobile accident. Yeah, that's probably 50-50. Probably, like, maybe half the people out there who crash are, you know, drunk or texting. So I think that's a good point as well. All right, just to clarify, you're saying you used to believe that alcoholism was a disease. Now you do not. No, opposite. Opposite. No, the opposite. Okay. Because Nikki said that you can't call it a disease because it's a choice you make to smoke meth. And Alu is saying, yeah, well, most diseases are caused by people's choices and it's an interesting thought i I don't think that that. um you know so a couple of years ago i quit drinking almost entirely currently i'll have a toast of champagne with uh you know some friends who want to maybe they're really commenting on a beer or a glass of wine and i'll taste it um you know but i consume very very little alcohol and i used to drink alcohol at least weekly. And uh, I, 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 I don't think it's a disease. I don't think you, I don't, I don't think that the AA and their whole um, addiction thing is even correct. I think it's a theory and that there are new theories. And I would say that, uh, you know, I, I participated, I read a book that uh, was on what they call liminal thinking. And the book is entitled this naked mind. And um, you know, they said that they could, that I could choose to drink as much as I wanted to drink. And by two weeks, uh, three, a month after I'd read the book, that was a true statement I think- uh, that I had to do very little work 
and that um, you know that I don't think you have to be controlled by this stuff. I don't think you have to be controlled by sugar, uh, alcohol, or uh, tobacco or anything else. I'm curious, Mark, when you quit doing coffee because you still do decaf, uh, did you kind of taper off, uh, meaning like you know start to decaffeinate your coffee collection, or did you just go cold turkey uh, on a full-on caffeine habit? No, I had a um, allergic reaction to. Well, do you remember the 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 summer of Red Bull at one hundred five nine WYNF when Medlin was the uh, was the PD that program director there? They brought in a hand truck with a pallet full of Red Bull, <laughs> no, and. I don't. Everybody in the everybody tried it. You were kind of the nighttime guy, so you didn't get to participate in all the things that went on during the day. And I think that's a shame. But everybody tried it, and the people are like, you know, raised a glass there in the uh, the break room. Remember the one full of rats? Um, oh, I remember that. <laughs> and they're like, "This is the worst stuff I've ever tasted," mm-hmm. because we approached Red Bull as though it was a soda, because it looks like a soda. Mm-hmm. Like Bonnie grew up in a world where Red Bull existed. I was confronted by a new bad tasting soda. I remember what it I coming out. Was, I was okay, just good. like in high school, I think, maybe okay. middle school. And um, that soda made me feel like I had wings. I felt so good after drinking, but nobody else did. I might have and nobody drank it. And so this pallet, this pile, this this cube of Red Bull just stayed there in Medlin's office. Nobody wanted this stuff, <laughs> but I did, and I was up to three. And four a day, three, three and four free bad tasting sodas a day. And there hadn't been and enough like homeschool moms with blogs yet at that time to make it common knowledge that it's pretty bad for you. And so one day it was I, I can tell you exactly the day just because of what happened. It was December the 13th. So I had gone a whole half a year drinking this stuff. December the 13th, I had a nervous breakdown. And I don't know what else to call it. Um, I just, you know, came unglued. I'm like, I can't leave the house. A paranoiac, uh, mm-hmm. you know, shaking wow. the whole shebang. And fortunately, my my uh, vacation was scheduled from the 15th to the 31st. So I think I went through a weekend or something like that. Somebody's probably checking me and saying, it wasn't the 13th, it was the 14th, you big liar. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, but I, you know, I went through the, the, that period of time and I haven't, I really haven't had caffeine to any amount since, or the caffeine that I have had, have had allergic reactions to. So wait, you I, were a coffee drinker before the Red Bull, uh, months and then. Yeah, just, sure. Starbucks once or twice a day. And then you just quit Red Bull, uh, Cold turkey. That's what you're saying. I quit quite everything cold turkey. Okay. I couldn't I can't okay. I can't deal I can't do stimulants and I haven't been Got able it. to for twenty years. I also had like a pretty I wouldn't say it's as bad as yours, but a really bad time when I t- uh, took like a Starbucks triple shot thing while already having drank a lot of caffeine during the day and not getting a lot of sleep and driving for like, I don't know, twelve hours when I drove from Texas to uh Maine to go knock on doors for young Americans for Liberty. But it it was an isolated incident. Alu, you said you're a caffeine uh, drinker. Do you find that it actually wakes you up now, or are you just servicing a habit? Um, yes, and no, and it's complicated. I built up a big tolerance to it. Um, so I, I need, I mean, my baseline is like two, three, four hundred milligrams a day. Sometimes it gets closer to a gram. 
Um, but it does not do that much to get me wired. Mm-hmm. Um, like as far as a lot of energy, to be honest, I think I'm super tired without it and it gets me to like a baseline so I can function. Wow. But also it That's makes me feel. sleep badly if I have it like after like noon or one or two. I can't sleep at night, so I, I should have it in the morning, but I have it throughout the afternoon because I'm stupid. Um, so that's another <laughs> habit, but I work overnight, so that's that's why I do have it in the afternoon sometimes. Um, but yeah, sometimes it does give me anxiety, like Mark was mentioning. Um, I, I think it, what it probably does, caffeine, is it probably stimulates your adrenal glands to release epinephrine and all the other catecholamines. Um, and if you do it too much, it probably burns out your adrenal glands and your adrenals, um, similar to diabetes, but the pancreas, it probably like uh, run, runs it down and makes it like, uh, kills it because it works it too hard. Um, so there's probably that, but also it, uh, caffeine can cause anxiety, obviously, for uh, obvious reasons. It, like, it's a stimulant. And um, some caffeine, like coffee, is generally probably, in my experience, the best way to take it because it's a bit like smoother. You get some energy. But when I'll take a big um, Red Bull thing, rain, bang, stuff like that, or a caffeine pill of just 100 milligrams, I got wicked anxiety. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. 86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Apparently, according to coindesk.com, Dash's blockchain has halted as they attempted to do a hard fork for an upgrade and something went dreadfully wrong. According to Coindesk, Dash... I haven't heard any of this. Yeah, uh, the Dash Twitter account had posted about this today. And so this is uh, the best story that I could find on it. Uh, Blockchain powering the uh, Dash cryptocurrency stopped processing transactions and producing new blocks early Monday morning. According to Samuel Westrich, the CTO of Dash Core Group, he tweeted around 5 a.m. UTC, quote, there was a problem during the V19 activation of Dash Core. The chain is stalled and currently not producing blocks we have everyone investigating the issue. Several hours later, a Dash core developer named Pasta tweeted, the devs had identified the issues and were working on a fix. Quote, there are two options we're investigating and everyone is focused on promptly resolving the issue, he wrote, adding that the planned release of the latest Dash core client upgrade might have to be delayed to resolve the issues first. According we to- should have read this story like right before the end of the show, two hours after you read the ad. Right before the I'm end just of kidding. The sh- I'm joking. I'm just saying you're reading like ad for Dash at the same time you're reading. Yeah, no, I want to make sure people are informed on what's going on. Uh, just, according and to- that, Bonnie, I think is the integrity that Free Talk Live has around its its advertising. We're going to give our listeners the truth as best we can get it. And I'm not saying you're not saying that, but I'm just, yeah. I, I, you know, it's a real opportunity. Um, Ian, uh, having worked with Ian for many, many years, I know that he isn't going to to shirk his responsibility to his listeners. And that's not to say he's trying to pwn Dash here or anything like that. I know. I think it's great that they figured it out. I just well, thought he would laugh when I said that, and it'd be clearly a joke, <laughs> but he didn't laugh. Yeah, no, no it's a pretty serious issue. <laughs> I mean, this is a pretty serious issue. They're, they're dealing with uh, the only time that the Dash blockchain has ever um, had something like this happen. According to Pasta, blocks and transactions on the Dash blockchain will not be considered final until an update is deployed. Exceptions will be made for two sorts of transactions specific to Dash, chain-locked 
and instant send lock transactions. One Dash Discord member citing a call with developers said the update might be delayed until June 14th. Uh, oh for the last, that doesn't mean it's going to be frozen. For, oh, okay, for that amount of the time. update. Uh, yeah, that, that just means done. that in order to you know get it done right, they may need to take some more time. For the last ten hours, at least as of when this was written, there were no fresh updates from the developers. And uh, following the news, Binance announced their mining pool for Dash will suspend the distribution of mining rewards. A user on the Dash Pay Reddit subpage suggested that the planned update did not go smoothly. Developers launched a hard fork which introduced a new type of Dash node, and those new nodes created a serious problem. So the blockchain split into two chains running in parallel. Now, what is that going to mean for how all this is going to get, uh, how all this is going to shake out? I don't know. I, you know, I don't have the technical know-how to really be able to, to comment on this, but it's definitely something we'll be keeping an eye on. Meantime, you can probably still, I would guess, you can maybe still buy Dash on centralized exchanges uh, that offer Dash, and there are a lot of them that have it. But for right now, if you do have Dash in your Dash wallet, it would probably be best to not spend uh, the Dash in this particular case until this situation gets resolved. You can follow wow. Dash on their social media at, uh, I think they're Dash Pay on Twitter, if I recall correctly. But just go to Dash.org and you can find all the links to all their communications uh, systems. According to The New Yorker, newyorker.com, in an article written in April of this year about Christian nationalism, the article is titled, How Christian is Christian Nationalism? Uh, Doesn't sound very love your neighbors. According to Justin Gentry, who is a host of a podcast about leaving Christian ministry, the podcast is entitled Recovery, or sorry, Revcovery, with the first three letters, capital R-E-V, Revcovery. Uh, he suggested the belief system was somewhat obscure even to its own adherents. Quote, I think that spitballing 70% of Christian nationalists don't know they're Christian nationalists. They're just like, this is normal Christianity from the time of Jesus. So, yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering was, you know, how many of these people would go ahead and label themselves a Christian nationalist? And you know, Well, I can tell it? you Jesus wouldn't have called himself a Christian. Well, yeah. Wasn't it not made up by then? Like no, the term? it wouldn't have been, all right? It was named after him. Yeah, like right? years after he was born, too. He would have called dead. himself a Jew. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, Jesus was most assuredly a Jew. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, any religion that claims to, to be, you know, Christ-like would, at the very least— consider Jews to be, you know, neutral, let alone, right. uh, you know, equal before God, if not place them higher. Now, I was taught as I was growing up um, in the Christian church that Jews are God's chosen people. Yep. I don't believe that. Um, I believe that Jews are no different before God than anyone else. Sure. Um, and that their sins are just as sinful as anyone else's and their virtues are just as virtuous as anyone else's. But... Um, you know, to me, I, I, I don't understand the sort of uh, Christianity that says, you people killed Jesus. Uh, I mean, holding somebody, the only people that killed Jesus were the people that killed Jesus. <laughs> right. <laughs> and anybody They're who was, now. right, anybody who's alive today definitely didn't kill Jesus. <laughs> like, you can't find one person alive today that killed Jesus. And if you're saying that that's the case, like you're, you're, I mean, I suppose you could say anybody who has killed anyone 
has uh, killed Jesus because the biblical verse that says that, uh, you know, these are, uh, you know, what you do to the least of us is uh, what you do to me. And so therefore what you do to your neighbor is what you do to Jesus. I and suppose anything I can go your for ancestors that. did should be held against you. Like if your ancestors owned slaves or did something to Ireland back when Ireland and Scotland were fighting or something like that. You're saying, well, let's hold the English responsible for everything. I'm not saying they should. I'm saying if (laughs) Jews should be held responsible for the killing of Jesus, which they shouldn't. And I'm obviously saying that that's why or just an example of how stupid that would be. So there is apparently no canonical manifesto of Christian nationalism and no single definition of it. In search of rigor, a pair of sociologists uh, examined data from various surveys and tracked the replies to six propositions. And they are. The federal government should declare the United States a Christian nation. The federal government should advocate Christian values. The federal government should enforce strict separation of church and state. The federal government should allow the display of religious symbols in public spaces. Separation? Wouldn't they not want separation? This is if just they what they want found. a Christian nation, wouldn't they want the government to be not separate from Christianity? It think. doesn't make any sense. I, I just think that it's hilarious that the FBI and the CIA go on Reddit, make these stupid ideologies up... And then people go, that's my whole personality now. It's literally just made up by the stupid <laughs> FBI. Well, yeah, you're right, Bonnie. It does contradict what it said in the previous point, which was the federal government should advocate Christian values. And then yeah, the but... next thing is they said they want a separation of church and state. What? The federal government should sense. allow the display of religious symbols in public spaces. The success of the United States is part of God's plan. And the federal government should allow prayer in public schools. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, I want to jump onto a little bit of Ricky stuff about Israel, too. But I, when you guys were talking about taxes earlier, I'm surprised nobody ever brought up the sin tax or the federal highway gas tax. That's how they really bang the poor people. Yeah, Mark, are you going to say that sin taxes are also uh, voluntary exactly and tax? gas taxes are voluntary as well? What's sin tax? Well, yeah, gas taxes are actually voluntary, um, and let me get into that. So in most towns, uh, I know Keene, New Hampshire, for instance, there's a gas station uh, out in Swansea that sells agricultural fuel, and this is fuel that is untaxed by the Department That's of Transportation. Off-road. That's off-road. Yeah, I, I know what uh, – if you use somebody's road, shouldn't you pay for it? Well – Okay, granted. All right. Um, and well, there's so other the, ways to pay for a road than through the system that the government has created, and it oh, is so not voluntary. Oh, so you don't voluntary. like the way they decided uh, to uh, pay for the road? But yeah, their system that sucks, is paying for and the it road. was forced upon us. So again, this is not voluntary. Even though you could say you're not forced to drive, and I get that point. The people who want to go into the business of selling people gasoline are the ones who are being coerced. They're the ones who are being told, you have to collect this tax and you have to pay it to us or we're going to hurt you. And that is not You can choose not to pay that fee and you can take the risk of driving on the road. You cannot choose to do that if you want to sell gasoline to people. You're going to have men with guns come into your establishment and they're going to raid your establishment and you're going to be put in handcuffs. Bonnie, to answer your question earlier... Uh, if sin taxes would be taxes on alcohol, taxes on uh, gambling, taxes on anything weed, that's considered... cigarettes, cigarettes, yeah. Okay. And th- that you could you could argue I... again is uh, voluntary from the same argument, but also not on the people who want to sell those items to people. It is not voluntary for them. They are the ones being coerced into paying those taxes. So let me ask well, you, Ian. 
Um, and One this is an important question. We're talking about voluntary uh, situations. If for whatever reason, um, you know, some private place came up, I don't want to keep using Prosper as an example because you, I don't know what you can't buy cigarettes in Prosper. They don't currently sell them, but I'm sure they wouldn't stop you from buying cigarettes in Prosper. Um, Prosper is a Zeta in Honduras, but there certainly is this Catholic city that was trying to make condom purchases limited down in uh, South Florida at one point. Yeah, that's right. And if somebody set up a private government that everybody who moved in agreed to it and they said look one of the ways that we're going to fund ourselves is we're going to tax liquor we're going to tax uh tobacco we're going to tax gambling we're going to tax marijuana sales um we're going to tax these things well that's a private agreement exactly as we discussed before right as we discussed before with a deed restricted neighborhood or in this case a private uh community that everybody is choosing to join acceptable you Great. know when you're joining that, you're presented with the rules, you're presented with the restrictions. You're but present- not a place that people who are long dead, who stole land from Indians, decided on these rules, and then people who have come after them have been the ones that had the most power in the community and were like, oh, I'm going to get on this scheme. That's not right, and that's not the same thing as somebody who has started their own private government and everybody on the land agreed to it it's just not the same thing right if i want to go to a strip mall and buy and rent a, a location in that strip mall for three thousand bucks a month or what, whatever it is uh the owner of that strip mall is not going to tell me anything about what this stupid government's rules are he's just going to say you know he may ask what i'm going to be selling there he, just out of his curiosity, maybe he's got some sort of uh, arrangement where he won't allow two restaurants right next door to one another. There may be like an exclusivity thing with his property. So there may be some questions he has, but he's not going to say, oh, you have to go and do X, Y, and Z in order to uh, to rent here. Maybe some of them would, would do that. But, in some uh, states, you have to, if you're going to rent uh, privately, you have to have a rider to your rental agreement that says that a person won't do drugs in the house and a variety of things. Uh, For instance, when I was uh, property managing, I did have to uh, include this in the contract with some people. Caller, is this uh, Peacles Mountaineer? It is. Welcome, sir. And I just wanted to call in to wish everyone a happy Bitcoin pizza day. Oh, thank you very much. That's today? Yeah, it's today. I haven't had any. The 22nd. Uh, we pizza like two days ago, yeah. We, we did go to Little Zoe's uh, Pizza here in Keene on Thursday for our Bitcoin meetup, but yeah, we didn't discuss the fact that... I think that... you ate pizza on Bitcoin Pizza Day, Ian, because it was like past midnight when you ate pizza last night. That's true. I did finish off the uh, the Little Zoe's Pizza, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, as uh, due to my bail conditions, I'm not allowed to spend cryptocurrency, so I have not actually participated in Bitcoin Pizza Day in a meaningful sense but in the last But did you buy any years. goldbacks? I did buy with goldbacks. Nice. Yeah, I did pay with goldbacks. Uh, we had Bitcoin to... Pizza Day at Neptune's on Coral Beach in Honduras. Uh, yes. uh, let's say, Apiclus, can you define what uh, Bitcoin Pizza Day is for listeners that don't know? Well, Bitcoin Pizza Day is a uh, recognition of the very first official purchase that was done with Bitcoin, which was a purchase of two pizzas for 10,000 bitcoins. Wow. Can you tell uh, Mark why the city of Keene is illegitimate? 
Oh yeah, so um, uh, you you really did finally hit on uh, on the issue. So there's the difference between uh, de facto and de jure is the legal term for it. But like, do you, can you can you keep someone from using it? Is like the de facto like if I steal your car, I own your car in fact, but mm. I don't have a right to it. Right. So there's a big difference between like can you uh, can you use force to stop someone else from using a thing? Well, that's that's owning it in fact. Whether whereas if I mixed my labor with nature, or someone else did and then they gave it to me, or someone else did and then they traded it to me, those are things that I own by right. Sounds about right to me. They can say that they own the land, and they can say that they'll kill me if I don't pay property taxes. That doesn't make it. Right. That doesn't make it the same exact thing as a human being who actually owns some land because they put their um, blood, sweat and tears into it and then they rent it out to people. Those are just two completely what? separate things. I don't think they are, though, um, like the, the the ownership that you're talking about that occurs in Keene, New Hampshire. We're using Keene um, you know, right now. The ownership that occurs in Keene, New Hampshire, is all built upon the claim that Keene, New Hampshire has to the land that it has drawn on some polygon on some map. Now, um, you know, they were incorporated in 1770 or 1750 or something like that. And so they've gone through a few federated governments. They were, they, they were a, a city before the United States left uh, England. Um, but, you know, they've continued on and they've demanded money from people who live there and for, you know, services and blah, blah, blah. Um, but ultimately, they, uh, you know, the land that they have was probably owned by the Abenaki in- Indians at some point. Right. And, you know, those Abenaki Indians and I look, I haven't studied it. Well, actually, but they were... hold on, hold on. Let me let me stop you right there. So. Uh, one of the fundamental flaws in logic is that people believe that unaltered land can be owned. You can't actually own nature. That's the one thing you can't own. Once you mix your labor with it, then you own the resulting product. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's, it's beginning to sound George just here. How much labor are we talking about? Um, if I just mix the kind of labor that draws a polygon around it, do I own it? Well, you own where you drew. But you don't own okay. the uh, bit in the middle. <laughs> okay. Well, I would have um, to agree with that. So Living like, in Utah. If you set up a fence, if you set up a fence, you own the fence, but you don't own the stuff on either side of the fence. Well, I'll tell you this: I'm not willing to shoot anybody over land generally. So, um, fortunately, I haven't uh, had to run across this particular thing. But I, I think the point that I want to make is that the Abenaki Indians as evidenced by what was going on in Oklahoma right now, would have had a government right now. And that government would not be hailed by Ian Freeman as legitimate. You can choose to drive a dump truck to work every day and be completely inefficient and use three, uh, three gallons per mile if that's what you want to do. But it's inefficient and it's a bad idea. I think there's better and worse ways to govern. But I think that this whole taxation is theft and governments are illegitimate line of thinking is largely unproductive. That okay, it's so you are saying does... they're legitimate, though. 
is what you're saying. Legitimate. Yes. They create the laws. So there's uh, something called legitimacy. And I would go so far as to agree with Peakless. Well, I mean, I, I would use. I don't think he's agreeing with you here um, w- to say that they are de I'm facto not agreeing with you. So, they're de so facto legitimate, the too. I don't here's think he said de facto legitimate. If there is a monopoly on your law system, then it can't be legitimate. You don't like monopolies, me either. Right, and that's all this is. It's just a monopoly on. Where the in the law world. does it say that we should be able to um, have competition in law? Where in the law does it say that we should have competition in law? Well, you said Why legitimate. You said legitimate, and legitimate usually talks about laws. I don't know how to define these terms. It's Not to legal, law or rules. I just googled it to make sure. It is. It means to law or rules. It doesn't just mean l- legal land laws. You talking about the word legitimate? Yep. Okay. Once again, to you justify. Know, this, just as our discussion earlier with Alu was all about definitions here, this is in regards to definitions. I, I get where you're coming from, Mark. It is you know commonly defined, you know, legitimate as regarding to law or lawful. Uh, but I think a lot of people I use like it. The, I- and okay, like you want to know, you want to know where in the law it says that you can do that in the Declaration of Independence. It's a rhetorical document. I love it. Um, I mean, it's not it's, it doesn't have any legal basis in the United States, but it's kind of what the United States was based on. Um, I don't know that it says it, okay, it sort fine. of says it, the right then the to, leave. to choose which legal system is hyper legitimate. It is beyond legal because the law system had to be picked by people. And what I would say is, is that um, you that that you know, freedom should be defined by the ability to leave whatever the system is, whatever the group is, right? Like, um, so if you know, if it's Keene, New Hampshire, you should be able to buy a big old piece of property. And why does it have to be? The, yeah, like to we leave. have to choose a specific plantation, but we can't just choose to not be a part of a why plantation. can't it be the freedom to simply say no? That's the freedom that we're talking about here. No, most powerful word on the. In the English language. Because it's the owners of the land have defined a set of rules. They're not the rightful owners. Yeah, I think that's a better word. How do they rightful not be the is rightful owners? I think rightful is a better word here than, le- than legitimate. No, you didn't. You didn't explain it to no, me in a way I could understand. Because they seem a the lot like the rightful owner. owners. Because... The rightful owner mixed their labor with nature, or they were given something that was rightfully owned, or they traded for something that was rightfully owned. All rights come from mixing your labor with nature. That's where property comes from. Let's stop using my house as an example and use market basket in Swansea, technically in Keene. When they had this big field and they wanted to build a market basket... In Keene, and Keene said, oh, you're going to have to give us this, this, and this, and this. They said, never mind, we're going to go to Swansea and build it. Um, (laughs) But did they ever have the right to tell Market Basket that if Market Basket mixed their labor with nature in this field that happened to be in the octagon or whatever, that the people calling themselves Keene, the city of Keene, 200 years ago, drew, did, did anyone actually have the right the rightful ability to claim ownership over that field other than Market Basket when they built the building. Um, Look, I don't know what to tell you 
when it comes to the ownership and the mixing of labor. I'm, I'm going to say that this is libertarian rhetoric. And in order to get to where we want to be, that the fact is that that field <laughs> in Keene, New Hampshire, the de facto reality is, is that field, the field in Keene or the field versus the field in Swansea, it doesn't make a difference because they say they own it. And they've said they've owned it for that's not even what they years. say. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.